let's talk about finally getting rid of the BAME acronym. Let's also discuss the government's race report 2021. What about the first British Met Police officer to be convicted of terrorism offences? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. If you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're at peace, you're living in the present. Lao Tzu. So, this is episode 50. I can't believe it. Episode 50, half a century. Time has flown. Um, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just really enjoying this like as, as if it's the first one that I've ever done. Um, so still really enjoying it. Um, still getting positive feedback. You know, people constantly telling me um, that the platform, um, you know, is, is, is of value, you know. Um, they keep reminding me it's of value. It's still as humbling as it was the first time I heard it. Um, I've got some ideas to develop the platform over the coming months. Um, and yeah, I just really want to thank everybody for tuning in weekly, um, for sharing it with other people, showing their support in that way. It really means a lot. Um, yeah, episode 50. I, I like saying it. Episode fifty. I, I didn't. I didn't think I'd be. I didn't even think I'd be doing the podcast. To be fair, let alone um, have done fifty of them. You know. Um, but yeah, I really, 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 truly do appreciate everyone who supports Pablo's podcast. Everybody that shares it. You know, um, I really do appreciate it, and I don't want it to be missed at all. Um, but I've got some new things coming up. Um, so got some new look out for some new ways that you can actually support the platform coming in in the next few weeks. So, um, but yeah, thank you. But yeah, so episode fifty. Let's get into it. So, um, bit of a historic day today, actually. Um, Egyptian mummies um, being paraded. Well, they're pretty much being moved. Um, Twenty-two former rulers um, of Egypt. They're moving them from wherever they were in in Egypt to the new. It's their new home, basically, in the National um, Museum of Egyptian Civilization. But they've made a whole big spectacle of it. They've laid out new roads um, to transport them. They've they've made it they've made it an event like a, a national event. You could probably look it up on online now. Um, but yeah, it looked really spectacular. Even even to the extent they had to use special cars, they had special suspension. Like I said, paved the roads um, so that there weren't no uh, bumps because obviously they're carrying mummies of of great significance. So um, so yeah yeah historic historic day. Uh, I mean it's yeah it, it was just amazing to see and and obviously the fact that w- what they were doing was um, quite monumental as well. But yeah they made a spectacle of it and I think they've made it that way so that it attracts people to come to Egypt as well and you know once lockdowns and things finish. But yeah really good to watch. But yeah. But another historic thing is there's a new sport, um, Extreme E Racing, um, started this weekend, um, and they had their first race, Desert X Pre-X. Uh, I always get muddled up with that spelling, Pre-X, or is it Pricks? Either way, yeah. But yeah, anyway, they've started that. Um, 
and they had it in, in Saudi Arabia. Lewis Hamilton actually owns his own team, X44 they're called. Um, so yeah, so that's a sport I'm going to start start watching it and you know see if it see if it draws me in but it's a whole totally different concept um they use like um suvs electric looking they look like suvs pretty much but the landscape what they're they're driving on is um pretty amazing you know when you when you see the landscape a lot of it's filmed by the drones and things like that but i did see on the first um race i saw a a serious tumble um you know it, i don't think it's a race i think these were just they i feel that they're doing they do laps of this particular terrain and they see who does the fastest and then i'm presuming they're going to do a race where they're all racing at the same time but at the moment it's just been one car at a time um but this car tumbled it must have flipped about five times um luckily the person was was okay i think they just cut their tongue um but yeah but yeah interesting sport but it's just really it's, it's um, yeah, I think it's just really good that, you know, Lewis Hamilton being the best ever to do it on the F1. He's now got his own team in a, a similar sport, but a brand new sport. So it's going to be interesting to see where that goes and how it grows and what opportunities it opens for people as well. Because I know Lewis Hamilton is about, you know, he, he talks about opening up opportunities for people like himself, you know, who couldn't really get into the sport. So I'm, I'm hoping he carries that ethos into this new extreme e racing especially now he's got his own team so yeah we'll be looking into that so um yeah early congratulations to noel clark um for the baftas it's baftas haven't happened yet but they've already started reporting that um he'll be given the outstanding british outstanding british um contribution to cinema award next month so hats off to noel clark he's done a lot you know for english English movies, um, now English TV as well. Um, so yeah, and he, he'd done it from a, from a young age, a long time ago, before people were doing their own thing on YouTube and that he, he was making movies. Um, and they were, they were very up to the time and, and very telling of what's, what's going on in, in, um, you know, in youth culture, you know. So yeah, he, he definitely deserves that, definitely deserves that. So hats off to him. So we um the stay at home restrictions in England um have eased off somewhat which is which is always good um we're we're still i mean until we we're back to normal normal like 2019 normal normal um we're in, we're still in some kind of lockdown but obviously because we've had it so strict any kind of you know freedom um is 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 nice and we appreciate it but yeah so we're um what is the situation now we can have um two households can meet up six people um two groups of six people can meet up outside the house and we can do various outdoor sports which is really good um even myself i I took the opportunity to to go and play tennis with my with my kids my two youngest kids um and yeah yeah that was that was really good really really fun um and yeah, I mean, in fact, when we went, some of the the gates were were still locked, but some of them were open, which was which was good. It was quite lucky, but yeah. So getting back to some kind of normality, I'm getting out there. And next month, the gyms will be open, so that's a whole new lease of life again. So um, I, for one, will be taking full advantage of of all of that, you know, for as long as it lasts, and long may it last. Um, 
but something I something I I read up on um, recently is that um, a lot of people during lockdown are talking about losing their skills, skills that they're not using, um, their memories are being affected, um, and it turns out there's some there's some truth to it. Uh, it's, it's something that neuro neuro um, psychologists are looking into, um, and they're doing some pre- preliminary research on it. So it'd be interesting to hear what comes of that. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think what the, what they're actually saying is, you know, although it's they feel like that this is happening, once people start getting out more, um, you know, socialising and all that, all of the the skills come back will come back and the memories will come back. They believe at this point, but it'd be interesting to see what the the findings are of, of the research um, because it's, it, it is definitely a thing. So, so yeah, that is interesting. I think th- there's going to be loads of loads of things off the back of this whole pandemic historic season we're living in, you know, um, and this is just one of them. So as time goes on, we'll see. But hopefully there there aren't too many long-lasting things that we can't, you know, sort out and overcome. This is my hope. This is my hope. So in regards to there's been a lot of hoo-ha with the, with the vaccines as, as per usual, um, a lot of issues around, I think they've had like 30 people in the UK reported um, having blood clots um, after having the Oxford AstraZeneca um, vaccine. Um, so, yeah, obviously there's, obviously there's people that have their reservations about the vaccine anyway, but, you know, when you hear things like this, this obviously makes it worse for people. Um, but the the healthcare, the medicines and healthcare and regulatory agencies say um, that the risks um, of of getting these blood clots are very small. Um, they talk about you know it's thirty cases, which is thirty too many to be fair. But they're saying that's you know there's eighteen people, eighteen million uh, doses been given up until the twenty fourth of March, and there is only 30 cases so that's their their way of um kind of justifying or putting it into perspective i suppose so yeah um but i mean to date we've got i think there's like nine vaccines currently available globally nine different vaccines i won't go through all the names but yeah there's about nine different ones and um and the uk um as of this weekend as well um have hit like five million five million people have had their first and second dose so, so yeah, I mean, there's, at the end of the day, this is uh, historic and, historic and uh, very speeded up, you know, the, the, our process of, of, you know, catching this, this virus, you know, the, the world dealing with this virus and, and starting to medicate it is, is very fast. You know, it's been a speeded up process. So there, there are going to be issues, you know, there are going to be issues. But as long as we move in the direction of, saving and you know and supporting more people than than uh people that you know end up dying and passing away the better you know so we just have to keep an eye on that and, and just kind of see how things work out but in italy um as, like i said before um in europe you know they're getting back into lockdowns now and like italy they've they've gone into a three-day lockdown um over easter over the Easter time, uh, to prevent like the surge, they've had like a surge of of, of uh, COVID cases over the past past few days. So they've gone into lockdown. Um, 
I think they're, they're still having like about 20,000 new cases a day, apparently. And France as well, um, they've gone into a four-week lockdown, and this is the third lockdown they have in Spain. Um, they've got nightly curfews and national travel restrictions and things like that. So, so yeah, and you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this impacts um, holidays and stuff, you know. Because if, I mean, we're not allowed to actually fly for pleasure at this point anyway. But once we are allowed to fly for pleasure, these are the kind of places that um, English people generally go, I'd, I'd imagine. You know, I ain't got the statistics around that, but I could imagine, you know, Europe, hot summer, you know, not that expensive, not that far. So, so yeah, um, it's going to change up a lot. You know, I think holidays within the UK are are more certain than anything, you know, so maybe that's where we should be putting our focus. But we'll, we'll wait and see. Keep our fingers crossed. Um, our right to protest has returned. So, um, and I, I've said it before, I feel like this this summer, I mean, for, for the foreseeable future, protesting is going to become a staple part of our existence. You know, we've got if we if we never had anything to protest bef- about before, we definitely do now on on multiple levels. Um, but yeah, we got our right to protest back. So there's been legal, legitimate protests. Well, they've always been legitimate, I suppose, but now they're legal. Um, so the kill the bill um, protests in Westminster. There's been scuffles with the police, so it's, it's got a bit technical there. Um, but it's, it's, it was all kind of synchronised with um, Kill the Bill protests in Bristol, Birmingham, Liverpool, Newcastle, Bournemouth, um, Brighton, Weymouth, Luton. You know, it's, it, they were all happening at the same time. So people are not happy and people are very, um, very concerned about the bills that, are tr- you know, that the government are trying to pass. So, so yeah, these, these will be continuing to go on. Um, but yeah, it's testing times, testing times. So a young man, Richard Okorohi, has gone missing. Nineteen-year-old student from West London. Um, he's got sickle cell as well, um, and he's he's been he left his home in Labrick Grove around the, well on the twenty-second of March, and he he was seen boarding a bus at twenty-three um, going southbound, um, and hasn't pretty much. He, well, he hasn't made contact um, with his family or anybody that knows him since, um, which is very concerning, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, he, I think since since that point, he they have worked out that he took a taxi to Loughton um, in Essex, um, and he was seen there on the 23rd, so the day after. Um, but he's, he's, his mother, you know, she pretty much... Um, he he has his blood transfusions and whatnot, and she expected him to be home. You know that's that's the normal for him. She expected him to be in his bedroom, and he, and he wasn't there. And like I said, they haven't heard anything or seen him since since the twenty third. Um, there's been no activity on his mobile phone either. So at the moment, they're um, searching a number of number of places, but one of the places they're focusing on is Epping the Epping Forest area. Um, but yeah, so if anybody sees him, I mean, he's he's pictures all over social media, it's all over the papers. Um, so definitely, you know, check the pictures. You know, if you're around that Loughton area or, 
he was around any of those locations and those dates that I, I just mentioned, please contact the, the, the police um, with any information because inform- you don't know where it's going to lead to. Um, they have said that you can call 101 and if you quote the following, um, which is 21MIS008134, that's 21MIS008134, so you can call 101 and quote that if you've got any information, or in an emergency you can just call 999, but um, any help will be appreciated because obviously you need to find out where this young man is and hopefully he's okay somewhere um but you know my thoughts and prayers are with him and his family because he's his family must be really going through it you know not knowing where their son is um and also unfortunately on another note um we've lost another young person this this week um there's a stabbing in Croydon 23 year old man lost his life um Reese Young um on Alpha Road in Croydon on Tuesday, um, so my thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. Um, again, I mean, I, I don't, I don't need to say it, but I will. Um, it's, it's, it's too much, you know. Uh, way too many um, young people dying um, this year, you know. Um, so yeah, we, we, we need to, we need to start thinking as a community, like how do we, as a, as a country, you know, how do we start to address this effectively? You know, um, yeah. So, hearts and thoughts, my thoughts and prayers go out to the family in regards to that. So, um, another reason for, as I said about the protest being the staple of our, our existence moving forward, um, this uh, race report is definitely going to be something that adds to that. Um, so, recent race reports come out. Um, it was commissioned by um, Boris Johnson. Um, so they've put together a 258-page report um, covering health, education, criminal justice, employment. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of... it's definitely, I, I think it, it was actually put together to try and um, reduce uh, the dissatisfaction and reduce potential protests, but it's, it's pretty much going to do the opposite. I mean, I, I haven't actually read it yet. Um, I've kind of skimmed over it, and I, I'm looking to... I will read it over the week. Um, but it's... I mean, something that's come out of it, which I can see as a positive, and it's something I've spoken about. If you listen back on the pods that I've done, I think I've spoken it a few times, even in some of the interviews as well, about um, the acronym BAME. Um, they've They've spoken about that and they've they've called to ditch it you know get rid of that um and rightfully so um something i've been saying for a long time um for all of the reasons that they're probably going to highlight in there but yeah so that looked like it's on its way out thank goodness um but off the back of it um one of uh, boris johnson's senior advisors samu kasumu he is stand he's standing down now um basically because he, he doesn't really agree with the race report, apparently. So he's standing down. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of fallout off of the back of this, a lot of fallout. And former the former um, Equality and Human Rights Commissioner, Lord um, Simon Woolley, said that, um, said that number 10 is pretty much in, in crisis at this point. 
you know um when it comes to when it comes to acknowledging and dealing with um the the persistent race inequality in the UK so yeah it's ruffled a lot of feathers i'm i'm really looking forward to 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 understanding fully what they've said in there but what really i think the first thing i heard about it was um one of the headlines was that uh, one of the findings included that the UK is a model for all majority white countries. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, um, so yeah, I'll be reading that and, and, and give my full opinion on it. That, that might even be a whole podcast in itself, to be fair. Yeah, very interesting. Um, but then, and I mean, of recent, recent couple of hours, I've started to see a few people that were involved in it. Um, people of people of African descent, um, two people, in fact, I forgot their names, but they seem very upset that people are um, have a negative view of it, and they they're not understanding why, which is also interesting. But as I said, until I've read it, um, I can't really comment it that much. I'm just kind of based on the little bits that I've seen and heard, but it's, it's going to be an issue. Um, but I hope some good comes out of it. You know, I hope some good comes out of it. So um, a Met officer has been found guilty of um, neo-Nazi group membership. 22-year-old Benjamin Hannam from Enfield, North London. Um, yeah, guilty of, of being a member of a band right-wing extremist group. Um, National Action, they're called. Um, sometimes just abbreviated as NA. Um, but he's the first uh, British officer to be convicted of of terrorism offence. So he'll go down in history for that. Um, They found various things um, at his his home, indecent images of children, you know, all all kinds of stuff. But surprisingly, uh, he's released on bail. Yeah, that's what I thought. Released on bail. Um, until the 23rd of April. I'm kind of a bit miffed as to why he would be released on bail. Child pornography, um, terrorism, whatever else they found at his home. You know, uh, yeah, really interesting. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that pans out anyway. I'm, I'm... I'll be interested to see what kind of sentence they give him. Um, but yeah, we'll see on the 23rd of April. But I'll be keeping an eye on that one for sure. And um, Derek Chauvin, uh, his murder case be- has begun. Um, he's the 45-year-old man who um, who's kneeling on um, George Floyd's neck until he stopped breathing and, and passed away. Um, the whole court case has been televised. Um the jurors, um, the jurors are made up of, they've got six, six white women, three black men, two multiracial women and three white men and one black woman. So quite a mix, a mix of people. Um, I, I haven't actually watched any of it really. I, I kind of, I really think there, is, there isn't, I mean, you have to go through the process, but really we've, we've seen what happened and, you know, I've seen enough to, I've heard, I've seen little clips, but I haven't really sat and watched it. Um, but, you know, there, there was one of the police officers, the senior police officer who spoke about, you know, kneeling on somebody's neck is, 
you know, it's it's you are likely to kill them if you if you do that, and it's not part of police training and whatnot. And you know, what mu- there isn't much more to say beyond that because everything else is is um, recorded. So I suppose this is, a, like I said, you have to go through the legal process, and I suppose from from this uh, the, the Derek Chavon's perspective, this is a way to reduce the sentence because in my mind he has to get some kind of sentence for for the death of George Floyd. Anything less than that seems ridiculous. Um, so we see how that goes but stranger things have happened but um but yeah we we'll we'll have to see how that goes but that that does raise i mean if he if he doesn't get a sentence that that raises a whole lot of questions um but yeah um oxfam has suspended two of its aid workers um due to uh, sex, sexual exploitation um in the congo um which is really uh, i mean you know, Oxfam's, you know, charity, they're, they're in these African nations to help and support and the Caribbean nation in Haiti, they've, they've done some work there. But, you know, to, to think there's workers there exploiting, you know, the victims of disaster or the victims of war-torn situation and exploiting people sexually and things like that is, um, is repugnant beyond belief. Um, but yeah, so they've suspended two of their working aids for this sexual exploitation in the Congo. Um, this is it's for exp- sexual exploitation and bullying. Um, but the, the the thing is, this this happened. I think it was last. The allegations come up in November, just gone November twenty twenty. Um, but the truth is, in twenty eighteen, um, there was uh, health aid workers involved in the same kind of thing in Haiti. Um, and at that time, the charity was accused of covering up the use of prostitutes and by staff and, and things like that following the, um, the earthquake in 2010. So there's an ongoing culture, it seems, within Oxfam, you know, of, of people, you know, taking advantage of vulnerable people in these, in these countries, you know, like I said, in the Congo and in Haiti and wherever else, you know, and in my mind, I suppose it's, I always think of these things like these are the people that have been caught. This is not necessarily all the people that are doing it. Same with that that policeman. They said the first policeman to be arrested for terrorism, he's he's with a neo-Nazi group. For me, it's like, okay, has that never happened before? Has there ever been a policeman that's that's been involved in these in these uh, these far right groups? You know, I, I I can't imagine these are the only people in history, um, but they are the only people that have been caught thus far. So yeah, but um, Oxfam, you know, they I, I don't know if there's in, there must be some independent people that are looking at that, and if there isn't, there needs to be, um, but something needs to be definitely done drastically because it's becoming a pattern for sure. Um, and in Belgium, Belgian police uh, the campaigners are calling for reform uh, around the police their um, urgent reform because there's been a lot of high profile deaths um, around people of ethnic who come from an ethnic background ethnic minorities um, and to date no officer, officers in Belgium have been um, jailed or, or or anything so there's stuff going on over there I mean I, I, you don't really hear about Belgium I don't really 
I don't even know anybody that's been to Belgium as far as I know. Um, but there's there's a lot going on there and it's it's coming to the forefront now. So that's something we'd definitely be keeping an eye on. Um, yeah. So yeah, um we have had we had like a mini heat wave um this week, which was which was beautiful. You know, two or three days of blazing sun. Um parts of the UK enjoy, it, it was like the I think the temperatures were around 24 Celsius, maybe a little bit higher than that. But basically it was the highest, one of the hottest, well, not one of the hottest, the hottest March in 53 years. So, yeah, just to emphasise how nice it was. But the crazy thing is, they're now saying in the next couple of days, snow could be coming, you know, and it feels like that at the moment, to be fair, it's freezing outside. So, so yeah, uh, that snow is going to put a dampener on things. I was, I was, getting um, a bit excited thinking it was time for me to start planting some seeds and cutting the lawn and all these things but uh, truth be told if it's going to snow you don't do that stuff until the last the last frost so I'm going to hold my horses and wait and see but um, but yeah so, I mean the weather should be heating up consistently soon but we might be a few weeks away from that so yeah but it's been nice it's been nice and it's nice to get out there and get the natural vitamin D you know, spending some time in the sun and, you know, just absorbing that at midday because midday is the best time, you know, the midday sun. You know, half an hour in the midday sun tops up your, your vitamin D to its optimum levels, they say. Um, so, yeah, along with everything else, you know, obviously you take your other vitamins, make sure we're, we're well in, in that side of things, drinking loads of water and stuff. But, yeah, vitamin D, the natural vitamin D, haven't had that since last summer, so... Yeah, we look forward to more consistency with that. So, um, oh, something I this uh, little Nas X, little Nas X, the the, the young man who sung um, "Old Town Road," the mixed with uh, kind of urban music mixed with um, country. I'm sure we all remember that. But um, he put out a new video uh, this week called Montero. And in this this song, um, I mean, the video, to be fair, I can't even remember the lyrics, but the video um, has got him uh, dressed up in, in a... Dressed up... Yeah, just dressed up in different kinds of costumes and things and gyrating on the devil, giving the devil a lap dance, pretty much. Um, and, there's, yeah, it's just loads of bizarre... Bizarre kind of goings on in in this video, um, but outside of that, he's gone on to create a pair of um, trainers, Nike trainers. But I don't think Nike gave consent to it, so I think there's some legal issues around that. But he's he's got them, he's got someone to uh, kind of do something to these trainers and and make like 666 pairs of these shoes. They cost 740 pound each. And there's a drop of human blood in the soul. So these modified Nike Air Max 97s um, pretty much sold out in less than a minute. Um, but yeah, it's, it was just all a little bit bizarre and stuff. And um, it's not something that I'd want my kids to to see, my young children at all. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, interesting. A lot of 
it's made a lot of headlines. I suppose if it was for shock value, it's, it's definitely done that. It's definitely, definitely done that. Um, so sadly, um, a, a, a rapper um, who I remember from, from you know, growing up, um, DMX is actually in hospital and he had a heart attack recently. And he's, he's only 50, 50 years old now. And his real name's L. Simmons, um, surrounded by his family in hospital at the moment in New York. Um, but yeah, he's, he's had a heart attack and it's, it's meant to be, well, they're talking about it being quite, quite serious um, heart attack because obviously you can have, you have different levels of, of, of heart attacks. Um, none of them are good, but um, he's one they're talking about. He's in a grave condition, so I hope he pulls through. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a legend in hip-hop. To be fair, he's a legend in hip hop. You know, when he was at his prime, he was the top, the top, top rapper. You know, he, he was top and he was unique. And he's, his career like spans like 20 years now. 20 years he's been in the business and he's, he trans, you know, he went over into, into movies as well, made some classics, made Belly. He was in Belly, um, which is a classic movie. I need to actually watch that again. Now I'm thinking of it. That was a classic. Um, Cradle to the Grave, um, Romeo Must Die, um, both starring um, Jet Li. So he, he, he's done a lot. Um, so, yeah, I, ho- I hope he makes it, man. I really do. I hope he makes it. Um, but, yeah, so as I was saying earlier, in regards to the lockdown, you know, us being released now, grass, grassroots football's back. So I was out on the, you know, taking my youngest um, football, which was... Um, it was really nice, really nice to be back out. I mean, it kind of threw me a bit because I've got used to doing other things on, on Saturdays now. Um, so it, it took a little bit of getting used to it. It kind of made the, the day a bit rushed. But, um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was nice to get that. You forget, I forgot how cold it is out on these, you know, open fields where there's no buildings or anything to protect you from the breeze. Very, very cold. Um, but yeah, no, but loved it. Loved, loved being out there. Loved watching, watching my, my son um, do his thing. Um, he hasn't lost any of his skills. He's, he's, he's back in there. And they've got their first match tomorrow. So yeah, grassroots, grassroots football. I know all the mums and dads and kids are getting stuck in again. So let's just hope it, it lasts um, for, for a long time. And hopefully we get some extended games because obviously football's a winter sport. Um, I'm just hoping that they extend the, the football training throughout the summer, maybe, um, to make up for the time we've lost. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. But yeah, once again, um, I'm just really, really chuffed that we've we've actually made it to 50 episodes, half a century. You know, I really, I really can't stress enough how how much I appreciate the opportunity to even do the podcast. You know. Um, and the fact that people enjoy it and see value in it. So thank you. Thank you again. Um, and hopefully, um, hopefully, as I, as I always say, hopefully you're getting out, you know, uh, and getting out and taking full advantage of, you know, being allowed to be out more than, than, than we were in the past. I'm sure you are because I've seen loads of people on the, on the streets and in the parks, you know. Um, so I know people are, but... This is the time not just to get out, it's like get the blood moving, you know, get on the bike, start running, start, you know, doing sports, 
You know, you, we can do all these things now. Open, you, you can go and swim, outdoor swimming at this point. But obviously, indoor swimming will come soon as well. But yeah, just finding stuff to do where you can get the blood flowing. You know, meeting people is is all great, and you know, the social bit is really, really important. But um, just remember how long we haven't exercised for in the way how we would have exercised you know, which isn't what we're naturally supposed to be doing. You know, we're naturally supposed to be moving a lot more than we are. So even though we're opened up, a lot of us are still working from home. So we're not getting as much um, exercise um, by, you know, by default, by, you know, walking to work or, or catching the tube or whatever we, we've done in normal times. So I think we do have to do that little bit extra, you know, to keep ourselves really, really healthy during these times. So um, hopefully you've seen got some value from this uh, podcast and you're, you know, you're happy to share it with another person um, who's not familiar with the podcast and, and that might find some value in this. Um, and yeah, hopefully you can join us and be part of the conversation on Clubhouse. And yeah, so just enjoy, enjoy your week and thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. And hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.